Welcome to Sex Chat for Christian Wives, where four marriage and sex bloggers discuss the naked truth. What does God really want for the sexual intimacy in our marriage? I'm Jay Parker of Hot, Holy, and Humorous. I'm Chris Taylor from The Forgiven Wife. I'm Gay Christmas of Calm, Healthy, Sexy. I'm Bonnie Burns of Oyster Bed 7. Hi, this is Chris for Sex Chat for Christian Wives. Thanks for joining us for part two of a conversation with our own Bonnie about a husband's pornography use. If you would like to listen to part one of the conversation, you can find the link in our show notes and then come back and listen to this. Um, Otherwise, just hang on and let's hear from Bonnie. You know, you said that you you made an effort to not add any more shame, but he had to be feeling some just on his own anyway, I would think. Yeah, it was terribly shameful. Um, and then, and so when you feel bad about things, you get defensive. So I think a lot of our guys get really defensive, and it's just from a place of humiliation, from shame. Um, the defensive posture is just trying to defend themselves. You said you allowed yourself to grieve. Uh, anything else that you found really helped heal? Well, what would have, I think what would have really helped is if I had had one girlfriend that I had known had walked through this. I didn't have anybody. No one I knew on a personal level had ever dealt with this as a wife. And, uh, I, you know, I limped along. I tried to talk to people, but, again, there was that judgment. There was condemnation. There was – there. I just couldn't find an in-real-life person that really understood so, so anyways, that's what I wished. I wished I'd had that one person. The next thing that I did do was regain my composure and start to work on myself and our marriage bed. I had a lady accuse me that porn had won because I wrote a post about part, you know, initially in our healing was when I started to work on our marriage bed. And she, she kind of intimated that Porn was the motivation, so porn had won. Well, you know, sometimes God uses sinful things to make beautiful things. Well, if you think about your flower bed, what do you use on your flower bed? Fertilizer? What's fertilizer? From that fertilizer, the cow poop, you have beautiful flowers. So that's what we dealt with, some cow poop, and some beautiful flowers finally grew. If you hadn't worked on the marriage bed... And provided some healing in that regard, then the sin would have, then the sin would have won because it would have been a greater temptation for him. It would have kept you in a less intimate marriage. So mm-hmm. it's not about whether porn wins; it's about whether God wins. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, you know, I think there are a lot of husbands who might not want to do the work involved in getting away from porn but are willing to do it if, because they, most of our good-willed husbands, they do not want to see their wives hurt. And even if they don't understand why their wives are hurt, they can tell, tell for sure that they are. And many women will say that they feel that they are not sexually enough compared to the women in pornography, because the women in pornography are built a certain way, They're, they have a certain kind of enthusiasm for sex, they basically, you know, do whatever the husband or whatever the guy wants. 
and compared to them, they say, okay, well, I'm not sexually enough. If I were sexually enough, he wouldn't be looking at those women and he wouldn't be looking at porn. But at the same time, so many men say that their porn use has absolutely nothing to do with their wives. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Well, initially, I, I totally felt that. I felt I wasn't enough. And that if I had been, he wouldn't have strayed. I wasn't enough to keep him from temptation. But, you know, so I, I hadn't quite got to the second half of our journey you know, we, we worked and worked, and we even took a marriage class that changed our life. The big impetus to take this marriage class was because we were hurting so much, we were desperate to try anything. The marriage class came about three years after the porn discovery. So we did that. We had made lots of wonderful changes in our marriage. We were really doing well, and there was a little bit of a relapse. That threw me for a loop, but for a shorter amount of time. And I also was able to think, you know what? We have a great marriage bed now, and still this has happened. What is the deal? So, I, so that led me to another book, which completely changed our outlook on pornography. It's called Surfing for God by Michael Cusick, and that's where I learned that you know all of our men are just little boys at heart, um, just like that. there's a little girl in you. And things from your childhood can, you can look back on things in your childhood and you're either, you know, very joyful or there's some shameful things there. There's some things that really tainted you. And a lot of our men deal with some sexual abuse and they're finding a correlation between sexual abuse and sexual addiction. Even non-sexual abuse and emotional abuse Mm -hmm. can lead to some very painful holes in those little boys' hearts. Right. And it doesn't even have to be full-fledged sexual abuse by a family member. It could just be a bully in, a bully in your neighborhood or, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a capital-S sexual abuse to still create these holes that you – the deep, dark holes. So it's these deep, dark holes that when, when these young – Boys find pornography too young. When dads yelled at him at the top of his lungs, and then he finds the pornography, and it feels good, and he can forget about dad, and forget about all the bullies and, and bad he, things. And feel like a powerful man. Yeah. Yeah, and somebody loves him on those pages. Well, on the back of Kusick's book, he has the quote from G.K. Chesterton that I just... It speaks so much. It's every man who knocks on the door of a brothel is looking for God. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, the more I have learned about pornography and certain kinds of sexual problems, the more I think that Chesterton really knew what he was talking about with that. I think that goes back to why God created sex. I mean, it's just a powerful bonding experience that should only be unleashed at the right time. Right. So the second time it came about, the relapse, I realized my husband's not the enemy. Satan's the enemy. I have to remember who the enemy is. And then I got ticked again, but I got ticked at someone else. I got ticked at Satan. So if porn use has more to do with filling these deep, dark holes in Mm -hmm. our hearts, then it does make sense that this really isn't about 
their wives. But when you know that he's seen a million other bodies that aren't yours, it still makes you upset. I mean, that's just the way it is. Well, you, know, you, you can know intellectually. We have body image issues anyway as women. And <laughs> even if you know that you're the only naked woman your husband has ever seen, you're still going to have be likely to have body image issues. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know, it's like there's the enemy uses what we are most weak about in our own hearts and what's empty in a husband's heart. Mm-hmm. Satan's smart, but he's not as smart as or as powerful as God. So realizing that Satan was the enemy was what helped you realize that this was not about you, that this was about your husband and Satan trying to use something to attack. Yes. And I realized I needed to be a warrior. And I found my an incredibly symbolic story in the Bible for me is the story of Jael. I think it's in 2 Kings. It's in the same chapter where Deborah has gone with the Israelite army to fight a general. In this General Sisera runs off, and he hides in a woman's tent, and it's J.L., and J.L. knows that he's the enemy, and she takes a tent spike, and she hammers it into his forehead and kills him, and that's what I wanted to do to pornography. I wanted to take a tent spike and ram it into the forehead of, into his forehead and kill it, Uh, so I just wanted to become a prayer warrior, a godly teammate for my husband to help him overcome this. I wanted to be on his side that I understood that, you know, this this has had a grip on him all of his life. I wanted to help him shake free. And that's not to exonerate him from sin, What he's done is wrong, and I know that every porn viewer sitting in church knows that what they're doing is wrong. That's the thing. So why can't they break free? They know it's wrong. It's a sin. Why can't they break free? And it's because you need an overflowing of the Holy Spirit. There's sin management, but then there's soul care, and I think that's the crux to helping our men heal and overcome is caring for their souls. And that just comes from getting deep into the word, understanding who you are in Christ, and and being prayer warriors together. It just comes to both of you turning towards God. And and you said at the start of our conversation that it's still it is still an issue. But you've done so much work and you've done so much soul care. So do you think this is something that ever goes away? You know, I think for some men it can go away because God is amazing. But I, you know, I've I've likened this to cigarette smoking. Some people who've smoked all their lives can go cold turkey, never look back, and are fine. But others try and try and try and need chantix to finally get off. And maybe there's always that struggle for another puff. And that's where I think other men are. So, yeah, I think some men can completely break free. And I think for others, it's just going to be a lifelong battle. And um, so I think there's always hope. There's always hope. Well, we are all sinners and we all have certain issues that maybe certain temptations that are a little bit harder 
than others. And, you know, I'm so glad your husband has a partner in his healing rather than the way it could be. I mean, it, I'm sure it is not an easy thing in your marriage now if it still comes to the surface. But I'm his safe place now. So I, I know what's happening. And um, I think it's not nearly as much of a struggle as it used to be for him. But it's not gone. I mean, he's honest with me. It's not gone. So many times I, I see things about men having accountability partners and, you know, your husband has you as a safe place. If a wife has not come to her own place of healing and peace and understanding that it's not about her, maybe she shouldn't be the safe place and maybe he needs mm-hmm. to have other accountability. Oh, absolutely. Men need to develop relationships with other men that's just that's imperative so I think other men get that visual temptation in a way that many wives simply don't mm-hmm. yeah I, I I sometimes get nervous when I hear that well you know when a wife will say well I'm his accountability partner because I don't think every wife is really ready if she's still so immersed in her own hurt she's not the best place and reveal things and right because you don't want to keep picking the scab off the wound every time and i think it's good for him to have somebody else to confide into he needs to have a friend that because that's part of the problem it's an intimacy disorder because these young men never learn to develop friends when you know most 12 and 13 year olds are out figuring out how to be friends with each other some of these sex addicts were, you know, being best friends with Miss January. So (laughs) I'm sorry. You still have to have a light heart, okay? So, but anyways, what I was getting at is, yeah, so in older years, these men still have to learn how to become friends. And a lot of our men don't have friends because they just don't know how to reveal themselves. It's why it's called an intimacy disorder. They can't, they don't have the tools to develop good friendships and maybe that's why one of the things I like to stress is friendship within your marriage it took us a long time to build that friendship because maybe neither one of us really had the right tools that has to help both of you then when it does come to the surface again you now have a friendship to draw on to help you better respond and that doesn't mean it's not still painful I would yeah, you know, just in our everyday life, there I don't even think about it much. It's not painful anymore. Now, rehashing the, the whole story, I don't love doing that, but that does become a little more painful, but not like it was. Well, thank you for being willing to do that. I, I know, you know, you, you said that you didn't have even one girlfriend to talk to, and I just think of the women listening to this who might not know that it happens in other marriages. Yeah, it happens in a lot more marriages than you know. I think marriage problems in general happen a lot more than we know because Satan likes things to be kept secret. Uh, So I have one last question for you, and that is what have you learned from your own experience that you would like to share with our listeners? I think what really helped me deflect Satan's accusations that his porn use was my fault or had anything to do with me was when I developed a deeper understanding of who I was in Christ. There was just a correlation between my greater understanding of the scripture and the confidence I felt 
in helping him battle this and helping me understand that it really, it wasn't really about me. It was just a deeper understanding of God and Jesus, knowing my value to the creator of the universe, that he's got me written on the palm of his hand, that he knows the hairs on my head, that he knew he knew my days before he even formed me in the womb. All of those things just gave me confidence that I was much more than I was giving myself credit for. So many of us, even if we don't deal with this issue in our own marriages, many of us have friends who do struggle with this. So what advice would you have to those of us who are trying to support friends? You can't assume that this is going to be something that's going to be solved overnight. Because they'll say, oh, just tell him to quit. You know, tell him to quit watching it. Turn that stuff off. Speaking as someone who needs to deal with weight loss, you can't just say, okay, well, shed your excess weight overnight. Right. It takes time and effort and and low-carb eating, which is not fun. It's something that even when you have a very committed, you know, a very strong commitment to do something, it still doesn't happen. And heaping condemnation on her husband, who is... Her other half. I mean, you know, you're one flesh. And so when you're heaping condemnation on him, inadvertently, you're heaping condemnation on her. So in order to help her heal, you need to love him like she loves him. And withhold that judgment you were talking about. And, you know, I think for those of us who don't deal with this or with a similar issue in our marriages, it's really hard to understand that. You know, we can we can talk about we conquer sin And, you know, I think for the most part, it sounds like your husband has conquered the sin, but that doesn't mean the temptation has disappeared. Right, right. We are all still sinners, no matter how much we try not to be. We are all sinners from the day, you know, until the day we die. And, you know, when Satan finds something that is a particularly effective temptation, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of times just going to stay right there. Yeah. Even though our whole entire life we should be trying to mature into a Christ-like character, I've watched my husband do that, even though he struggles. He's a very godly man. I adore him, to tell you. That, I mean, you know, I do. He's awesome. I wish you all could meet him. When when a wife reveals that her husband's been watch, watching porn or she's caught him doing something, you know, be there with her in the moment, but don't jump on the bandwagon of, well, you just got to get over that. It takes a compassion. Yeah, I mean, there's there's one extreme response to friends who've revealed this is to be very judgmental of both of them and or of him in particular. And the other is, we'll just get it over with. Boys will be boys. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that too. And neither of those extremes is helpful. The biggest lesson I've learned through our pornography issue is that soul care isn't about managing outward behavior. It's about nurturing the fullness of Christ in one another. Bonnie, thank you very much for being willing to revisit this. I know it hasn't been super easy, but I know it's going to be very helpful to some women. I hope so. If I can help just one woman not feel judged, condemned, and give her hope that this is not the end of your marriage, just give it time. You have to approach your husband in humility. Even though he has sinned against you, the most effective way for change to happen is for you to be humble so that he can mirror that humility back to you. If you approach him as mightier than thou and 
in judgment of his sin, you're not going to get the response you want. Even though you're hurt, I know, you know, it does take time to get there, though, and I don't want to minimize your hurt and the trauma. But, um, you know, Jesus, when he caught the lady in adultery, he told her to go, but he also told her to sin no more. He was compassionate on her, and that's what we have to be with our husbands. But you do have to hold, you know, your marriage to a certain standard of holiness. And Jesus did not add shame that wasn't already there. You know, for our good-willed husbands, if they're using porn or doing some, you know, some other sexual sin, they know it's a sin, and we can choose to be their partners in overcoming, or we can make things harder for them. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Bonnie. You're welcome. And if anyone needs to email me, they can. And we'll link to some of your posts that where you've written about this. If any listener is struggling and doesn't have anyone to talk to, you can certainly email me at pearlmail3, and that's the number three, pearlmail3 at gmail.com, and I will respond promptly. And we'll put that email address on our show notes as well. And I know, you know, I think especially for women whose husbands are pastors, you know, my heart hurts for all women struggling with this. I think especially when there's a situation where a woman doesn't feel that she can share right. this with anybody. Well, and that's a very good point you've raised. You do have to be discerning in who you share this with because you can't just blare it on Facebook. That's, you know, don't use social media. Don't shame your husband. That's when I said you have to be careful with your words. Words don't just go away. Just be discerning. Be discerning. Try to be wise. Don't make hasty decisions in your anger. Thanks for listening today. Uh, Please join us in our next episode when the four of us all talk together about dealing with a husband's sexual sins, particularly pornography use. Thanks so much for joining us today on Sex Chat for Christian Wives. We encourage you to check out our website at sexchatforchristianwives.com where you can find show notes and links to resources. That's sexchat4forchristianwives.com. Also, if you enjoyed our podcast, please take a few minutes to leave a review on iTunes so others can find the show. And tell a friend about us. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to reach out to new listeners. We appreciate you being with us today, and we pray that God blesses you this week as you pursue healthy and holy sexual intimacy in your marriage.